Oz studied the constellation of pimples on his tormentor's chin and wondered what to say. In fact, he knew exactly where Delilah Bean was hiding, in the museum's secret passageway through the ductwork overhead, but he had no intention of ratting her out, not to the likes of Jordan and Tank. On the other hand, if he told them where Delilah Bean was hiding, maybe they'd let him off easy. Maybe they'd leave him alone. Or maybe they'd even let him become one of them, a shark. The thought was enormously tempting. Oz was so tired of always wishing he were invisible, of always trying to stay off the radar screen. Maybe this was finally his chance. He didn't even have to say anything. All he had to do was point. Come on, blubber butt. You know who I'm talking about. Jordan was growing impatient. Skinny legs, skinny little braids. I'll bet you've seen her. Oz started to raise his finger towards the ceiling, then hesitated. What would James Bond do if he were here? James Bond was Oz's hero. He'd watched all the 007 movies at least a zillion times. Nothing ever rattled the world's most famous spy. He never caved into pressure, never lost his cool. The sharks wouldn't stand a chance around James Bond. The British secret agent would make mincemeat out of a pimpleton like Jordan Scott. Are you deaf as well as blind? Tank, a beefy redhead, glared at him. What are you doing back here anyway? He swiveled his thick neck towards the DB5 and grunted, Cool car. Jordan grinned maliciously. Bet fat boy's pretending he's James Bond he said. Behind him, a knot of students snickered. Oz froze. Was it that obvious? Were his innermost secrets not so secret? That's a good one, hooted Tank. Whoever heard of a supersized super spy? Double lard, jeered Jordan. And the sharks and sharks in training clustered around him, exploding with glee. Shame rippled through Oz, Shame and humiliation. Tears started in his eyes, and he struggled to blink them back. He scanned the crowd, desperately searching for a friendly face. All he saw were sharks, and with the sound of their laughter ringing in his ears, he turned and fled. Chapter Two At that very moment, a small nose, a very elegant little nose, emerged from an electrical conduit beneath a desk on the museum's fourth floor. Elegant whiskers fanned out from either side of the nose. They twitched slightly, then waited. A full minute ticked by. The office was silent. The desk's occupant nowhere to be seen. The whiskers twitched again, and then the elegant little nose to which they were attached poked out further followed by the nose's owner, a small brown mouse. Quietly, she set down her mouse-sized skateboard, expertly fashioned from a lolly stick and the wheels of a broken toy car. It was painted flamingo pink, thanks to the remains of a discarded bottle of nail polish. The mouse unstrapped her tiny safety helmet, a bottle cap and rubber band forager's special, hitched her small backpack, made from the thumb of a mitten, 
firmly into place and shimmied up the phone cord. She emerged on top of the desk a moment later. Keeping well out of sight, she skirted the telephone and clambered onto the stack of phone books propped beside it. She paused for a moment, then with a graceful leap propelled herself up through the air and onto the shelf above. She scurried into the shadows behind a dictionary and whispered into the microphone, part of an old mobile phone headset, that was clipped to her glossy and impeccably groomed brown fur. Agent in place. Check, replied a voice in her ear, a very elegant little ear. Proceed with caution. Affirmative. The mouse inched forward. She peeked around the edge of the dictionary. Not a human in sight. The coast is clear, she reported. Can you see the merchandise? She craned her neck for a better view of the desk below, scanning...